So uh, I don't know about you, but um, you know, technical difficulties like the one that we just had are really frustrating to me. You know, and it's a person who likes things to go according to plan. Um, that really ruffles my feathers. But we've had a lot of that kind of lately. And it's, um, I've, I've realized that I've had a choice to make. You know, I can either choose to be frustrated and really let something like that derail my whole demeanor and my whole person, um, or I can view it as an opportunity to learn something about myself. And it just strikes me that you know, technical difficulties happen all the time in life. You know, what I mean is like all the time in life, things don't go according to plan. And in that moment, you can let it derail you and push you off course, or you can be open to it being an opportunity to learn something, probably something about yourself. <laughs> and so I'm trying to live into that moment, even as we're going through that song. and. One of the things that happened is I, while there was all this dissonance going on audibly, the video of these women singing with such genuine joy was where I decided to park my attention as best I could. And again, I, so for me, it's like in life, as soon as I go out these doors, there will be dissonance everywhere. And what will I choose to put my attention on? So that wasn't the sermon, but a little lecture for you there this morning. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to invite you to uh, scan this QR code. If you're online, uh, you should be able to see this too on your screen. But if it doesn't work for you, there is a link in the Facebook comment section. Um, this will be an opportunity this morning to do a lot of participating. And this Google Doc will kind of be the primary way that we do that. So I, I certainly invite you to scan this now. Um, I've really appreciated the conversations we've been having over the last few weeks uh, through this. So we'll do that again today, and I'll put that code up again uh, in a moment or so when we get to that part. Um, so let me go back here and tell a little story. You know, when I grew up, most of my growing up was spent uh, living in the country, in, in rural America. Uh, we actually ourselves as a family owned 20 acres, which is quite a chunk of land. Uh, it was a half a mile deep, not very wide, but quite deep, a half a mile. And as we got older and older, um, what became our habit, at least as I remembered, is that we would get home from school, throw our backpacks down and, and go, just run back. Sometimes we were building forts in certain places. Sometimes we were just wandering around and exploring. Because 20 acres, that's a lot of land. And we had neighbors on either side who had not built. It was just open land kind of everywhere. And there were parts of our property that we knew really well. There was a two-track back from our house all the way, uh, not the whole half mile, but almost the whole half mile. And we knew that two-track obviously very well. And, Kind of a little bit off of it in either direction then that two track ended at the forest at the woods the line between the meadow and the woods and it became not a two track but a pretty wide footpath we knew that well it made its way back to the river but beyond that when i was a kid for a long time i didn't know anything else 
from our home down the two-track to the footpath to the river. That was the territory I was familiar with. But again, as we got older and braver, we began to explore a little bit further each time we went out. We pushed the boundaries and headed into spaces that were for us yet unexplored. And one of the things that you learn when you're exploring the wilderness and you don't have GPS, that didn't exist when I was a child, or even a compass, you learn to identify landmarks that can help you orient yourself to where you are. And if you don't do that, you are likely to get lost very quickly. So for us, the river, a river that was the northern boundary of our property line, was a very clear landmark. Even if you didn't see it, you often could hear it, and then you would know, oh, we're close to the river, and that means we're on this part of the property, right? It would orient us. I remember as we started to explore outward, we found this massive tree that had fallen down. Nothing quite like it in the forest that we had found to that point. And we knew that when we were by that fallen tree, we were not far from the footpath that got us back to the two-track. And we just had to head east. We, just, we started to orient ourselves to this fallen tree. We found an old car engine for some reason there in the middle of the forest. It became a landmark. We knew that when we were by that, we were near the boundary of the meadow and the forest, and we just had to head a little south to make it to the field, and then everything kind of became clear, and you knew where you were. So these landmarks helped us find our way. They oriented us. They recalibrated us, if you will. And that was true when I was a kid exploring 20 acres of land. I think landmarks are also needed every morning when you and I wake up. Because folks, we live, we live in a world and we lead lives that can often feel like we are wandering through an open expanse of wilderness. And sure, in your life and in mine, there are parts of our world that we know well. You know your home, your school, your workplace, the route to the grocery store. There are places you know well. There are people you know well. There are parts of yourself that you know well. But then there's everything else. And most of this world is everything else. What's interesting, I think, is that a person can decide if they choose to live their entire lives in one small part of the forest. You can live your whole life on the two-track and never venture off one way or the other. And you've maybe met people like this. What's interesting about people like this is that they often think that they have the world figured out that they know the world, uh, that they understand everything that there is to understand, that they've been around long enough to get a lay of the land. But the truth is, is that they actually only know a very, very small part of the world. And I want to suggest to you that growth and maturity always require us to move out into the spaces that we do not yet know.
Let me say that again. I think that growth and maturity always require us to move out into the places that we do not yet know. And I mean that literally. If you're going to get to know Europe, you probably should go there. You're going to have to go out into a place, a literal actual place that you don't yet know and explore it and discover it for yourself. But I'm also talking about the inner landscape of your life. If you want to know who you are fully and completely and your place in this world and the calling that God has for you, you're going to have to move out into some spaces that you haven't yet been. And if we do that, if we're going to go into the wilderness, we would be wise to find some landmarks, some things that can help us find our way, that can orient us to what is true, some principles or some truths that don't change, like that fallen tree or the river, things that don't move, but that we can orient ourselves to and help find our way. I think we've actually been talking about some landmarks in this series. One of them last week was the, if you will, landmark of simplicity, the principle that God does not call you to do or be everything to everyone. That's a really important landmark, thing to orient yourself to, to not forget, to keep bringing yourself back toward. Today I want to talk about another potential landmark. God does not call you to do or be anything alone. Partnership is a core value for us here as a church. It's this belief that we are not meant to bring renewal to the world by ourselves or according to our own strength, but that we are fundamentally interdependent. And therefore, we are to be a people who work with other people and other organizations to help bring shalom, which I want to suggest to you is the exact opposite of the American worldview. The water that you and I swim in every day tells you and I that we are to be independent, not interdependent. That self-sufficiency and self-reliance are the highest ideals. And there's nothing wrong with self-sufficiency or being able to be self-reliant. In fact, these are valuable skills. But our culture tells us that they are the end. That they are the thing to be celebrated and pursued above all else. And so when we go through this life and we try and venture into the wilderness, we're often going to find some signs that our culture kind of places uh, in front of us, like this sign. People are a lot of work who need them. Right? This is a sign that our culture, I think, puts out there. Sometimes subtly, sometimes not so subtly. People are a lot of work, and guess what? That sign's right, they are. Uh, who needs them? Every one of us. That would be the biblical worldview, anyway. How about this sign? You can do this by yourself. And it's not untrue that there are certain things that we actually must do by ourselves. I can't go to an interview for you. I can't take that test for you. I can't tell the person that you want to commit yourself to that you love them. You need to do those things. There is work for us to do on our own. But even that solitary work is actually undergirded and supported by a whole community of people. 
you got to the point of being able to have an interview and complete an interview because there was a whole line of people who supported, encouraged, helped you grow, got you to the place where you could do that. So the biblical worldview is one of interdependence. And that's very different from the world that we live in. So what I want to do today is look at a passage, Romans 16, 1 to 15. There's a link to this passage in the Google Doc. If you'd like to click on it, it'll, it'll take you to a web page with this passage. But it's also going to be up on the screen. And I'm going to read through it and then give you some space and time to think about it and to write in that Google Doc. And then we'll have a little bit of conversation. So Romans 16, you may, some of you are going to notice this. Uh, we did talk about this passage this summer. Maybe you happened to be here on that week, and this will sound familiar to you, therefore. And maybe you weren't, and this is a great chance to become familiar. You'll have to forgive me. I'm going to um, read a bunch of names here, because this is Paul writing to the Christians in Rome and the surrounding areas, as you'll see, many, many, many of whom. He knows and loves, and he's finishing this letter by sending his greetings, his words of encouragement. And let me read it, and then we'll give some time to think about it together.